John chapter number 8, starting at verse number 31. Jesus, therefore, was saying to those Jews who had believed him, to those who have believed him. How many of you believe on the Lord Jesus? You believe him. You're a disciple. You're a follower of Christ. He's talking to those who believed in him. He's not talking to unbelievers. It's not a revival meeting. He's talking to his disciples and he said, if you abide in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. The Lord is saying one thing, that we need to abide, meaning continually live in the word of God. How many of you know the word is our life? We need to live in the word, abide in the word 24-7. We just can't live in the word on Sunday. We just can't live in the word on Wednesday when we come to Bible study. The word has to be our heart's desire. It has to be inscribed on the walls of our heart that it may f challenge us to live out what we learn. Because it says, and you shall know the truth as you abide in the word, as you continue to read and meditate and study the word of God, it says, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. And they answered him and they said, we are Abraham's offspring and have never yet been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you shall become free? And Jesus answered them, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is the slave of sin. How many of you know sin has power? There's power in sin. You were under the power of sin. I was under the power of sin. And you and I could not break the power of sin on our own. I don't care how good you look. I don't care how, how, how good you talk or walk. You could not, we could not break the power of sin over our lives. And Jesus says here, everyone who commits sin, willingly commits sin, becomes the slave of sin. The world doesn't talk about sin today. The Christian church doesn't want to talk about sin much today. But Jesus talked about sin as being uh, having power over your, our lives. And if we open the door to sin and invite it in, if we choose to have a lifestyle, it will enslave us. It will take us captive. And Jesus says that, that sin had taken them uh, captives. Verse 35. And the slave does not remain in the house forever. The son does remain forever. If therefore the son shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. What did the son, Jesus, the living son of God, what did he come for? To set you and I free from sin. Amen. How do we get set free? By believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. That he came, went to Calvary's cross, gave up his body and blood. He took your place and mine on the cross. And that if we believe and repent, Jesus and the power of God will set us free from the power of sin. Amen. And that's the title of our word, word today, Independence Day. Becoming independent, becoming free from the bondages and the slavery and the power of sin. Now go with me to Galatians chapter 5, verse number 1. And this is where we want to focus on this morning. Galatians 5, Jesus has said you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free from the power of sin. Galatians chapter 5, 
verse number one. Let me turn to it myself. Galatians chapter five, verse number one. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made you made us free, and do not be entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Do not be entangled again with the yoke or the power of sin that will take you captive. The word independence, as we look at it, uh, as we think about it, independence is uh, actually what they call a negative word. You know, the prefix in means not, and there's no in not, which makes it a negative. When you think of something like incredible, it means not believable. Incredible, ah, that's unbelievable. Not believable. Incessant means not stopping, always continuing, something always not stopping. Independent means not dependent on someone or something. How many of you know Jesus came that we not be not dependent on, on, on sin in our lives or not dependent on religiosity? How many of you know Jesus came to set us free from sin and religiosity? Jesus came to give us a freedom, the freedom to serve him, to know him, to love him, and the freedom to worship him in spirit and in truth. Amen? Freedom comes, I'm going to give you three points here. Number one, freedom comes with a price. The price being Christ. Christ has made us free. You know what a verb is? A verb is something that has action into it. How many of you know faith is an action, an action word? It's a verb. Do. Action. And when we talk about uh, freedom, freedom, the words usually associated with freedom are verbs usually that are associated with independence are things like achieve, declare, win, recognize. And who has achieved? Who has won for us independence? Who has won for us freedom? Huh? It's Christ the Lord. Amen? Jesus has declared. The United States of America, I love it, and we, we need to call, call it to repentance and call it to, to, to serve God and to worship God. But America did not win my independence from sin. God, Christ Jesus, gave me independence from sin. America did not give me a re independence from religiosity. It should be the freedom to worship. But God has given me freedom to worship him in spirit and in truth. So with freedom, there's a price that was paid. And we know the price was paid by Christ Jesus. And when Christ paid the price, control, control was broken. Control of Satan over your life. Some people don't believe in the power of Satan. They don't believe that they were controlled or held captive. And so they don't come to Christ. They don't feel a need for Jesus Christ. How many of you feel a need for Jesus? Jesus says, I've come to set you free from sin. Jesus says, believe the gospel. The kingdom of God is at hand. Believe the gospel, repent, and you will be set free. Amen? So control is broken. In Colossians, write these verses down if you're taking notes. Colossians chapter 1, verse number 13. The word of God declares, He, meaning Jesus, the Christ, our Savior and our Lord, He has delivered us, it says, from the power of darkness. You see, again, sin has power. And that power is to keep you or to bring you into darkness. What does it mean to bring you into darkness? 
into the darkness of not knowing the light of truth, into the darkness of not knowing the love of Father God for your life, into the darkness of not knowing the future and the hope that God has for you, to bring you into the darkness of, of, of not knowing that there's a, God is at work building you a mansion in heaven, and that's where his desire is that you be there. The devil, when the power of sin comes into our life and takes over our life, it keeps us in darkness, and we can't see anything in front of us, and we have no hope, and, and we're lost. That's why the Bible says, amazing grace, I once was lost, wandering in darkness, not knowing where I was going, not knowing what was ahead, not knowing anything. And so sin has a power, and that power is to bring darkness over your mind, over your spirit, over your whole life. How many of you love to live in darkness? I can't stand darkness. We went, well, when it's dark, you like to go to bed. But when you wake up, you don't want to live and walk in darkness, do you? That's why I can't live in a part of the world that's dark six months of the year. I just can't do that. I need sunshine. I need to see the sun come out. I need to see the, uh, amen. And so the Bible here in, in Colossians says, he has delivered us. He has delivered us. Taken us out of darkness. Where else is in the Bible? What does it say? In Peter, what does it say? He's taken us out of darkness and brought us what? Into his marvelous light the truth you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free take you out of darkness and into your light and into his marvelous light the light goes on and we begin to see the wonders of our salvation God has brought me out of darkness and into his marvelous light now I behold the love of God now I begin to understand the wonders of the goodness of God at work in my life and he says, and conveyed us into the kingdom of, of the son of his love. God did not just deliver us, take us out of something, but he brought us into something. You know, you can deliver someone from something and just put them there and say, okay, now you're on your own. Goodbye. That's deliverance, but that's deliverance without any follow-up, any other hope or any other abilities. But God didn't just deliver us. The Son, Jesus Christ, didn't just deliver us. He brought us out of darkness, and it says he put us, placed us into the kingdom of his Son, of the Son of his love. How many of you know you are, you are citizens of the kingdom of God? Sons and daughters of the Most High God. God has brought you from darkness, from being lost. Now you're found. Now you become a child of God, brought into the kingdom of God. So control is broken. When we were under the power of sin, you were, when, when we were being abused. How many of you love to be abused? Nobody loves abuse. Abuse is not love and love is not abuse. And my wife just wrote a book, it's coming out shortly, about abuse. Abuse is, the devil abuses your life. When we open the door to sin, we think we're getting pleasure out of it, but it's for a season. But the devil, the Bible says the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Those are abuses over your life. When the devil steals from you, he's abusing, he's abusing you. You steal from someone, you're abusing them. When you, he says it comes to steal and to kill, to kill your, your spirit, your dreams, your desires, to kill your future and your hope, that, that's an abuse of what God has created you for. And it says, and to destroy. He comes to destroy every good thing that God wants to do in you. So the thief is an abuser. 
He comes to kill you, to steal from you, to destroy you, to belittle you, to make you think that you're just a worthless thing crawling in the mud and that God doesn't love you and there is no God. The, there's the abuse of the spirit, soul, and body. How many of you know that? The devil has come to abuse you. I'm telling you, the devil will not bless you. People run around life partying, thinking they're being blessed, serving the devil. Well, the devil doesn't bless you. The devil curses you. The devil abuses you. The devil comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But the deliverer, Jesus Christ, the living Son of God, our deliverer, our Savior, has come to redeem us, to take us out of darkness into his marvelous light. And it says that I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. Hallelujah. In every way. Hallelujah. Are you glad you've been delivered? Are you glad for the freedom that Christ has given you? That you're no longer a slave to sin. You no longer have to take the abuse of the devil. Jesus said, resist the devil and he will flee. Hallelujah. And the Bible said that he will have to restore sevenfold what he's taken from you. Hallelujah. Not only is he a deliverer, but he's the one who keeps us and surrounds us and walks with us and talks with us. So control is broken. Abuse is put to a halt and to a stop. And the Bible says, prison doors are open. Hallelujah. 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 How do you feel when you were in prison and couldn't get out? And one day the prison door opens and there's Jesus with his hand saying, come, I've set you free. Hallelujah. I don't know about you, but I got fired up when I got saved and born again. I couldn't stop telling everyone about Jesus who set me free, who delivered me. I was in prisons and I knew it and I couldn't get out of those prisons. But God, the day I called on Jesus Christ, repented of my sins and said, Lord, come into my life. I need you. Set me free. Cleanse me. Forgive me. God came and opened my prison doors and they've been open ever since. I never looked back. Hallelujah. And I'm telling you, if we can't rejoice over being set free from prison, what will make us happy? What will make us joyful? Hallelujah. Jesus said in Luke chapter 4, 17 to 21, and he was handed the book of the prophet Isaiah, Jesus. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. To proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind. To set at liberty those who are oppressed. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Hallelujah. You see what Jesus has come to do to set you free. Hallelujah. Are you grateful? Are you thankful for your freedom that Christ has prayed a price for? Freedom didn't come just with nothing. Christ, the Son of the living God, went to Calvary, gave up his body and blood, and he rose on the third day that you may know that you are truly free indeed if you believe on him, if you abide in him, if you hold fast to the living word of God. Hallelujah. Who can do that? No one but Jesus. Hallelujah. There's that song, and I'm not going to sing it for you. He came from heaven to earth to show the way. Right? From the cross to the grave, from the grave to the sky. Hallelujah. That's deliverance. That's freedom. That's what Christ has done for you and me. 
He left his throne of glory to come to this earth, to walk among us, to teach us and talk to us and show us the manifest love of God. And he went to that cruel cross and he went to the grave and he went. And you know the story. When he, went, when he, had, when he gave up the Holy Ghost and he went down, it says he went down into the, to the pits of hell and opened the prison doors and led captivity captive. Hallelujah. Come on, hallelujah. He led captivity captive. Can you imagine what happened that day when Jesus opened, went down into the pits and they opened the prison doors? Hallelujah. I mean, if we could show you a video of what actually took place, you would be joy. You would be shouting hallelujah. We, we don't have it. We, it, wasn't, it wasn't recorded on video, so we can't show you. But you can picture what happened when the King of glory, Jesus, the living Son of God, walked into the prison door, into that prison, and all the captives were looking at him, and, and, the, and the devil and all his demons were, were just tormenting them. And Jesus just put it all to an end, opened the doors and says, Come and be set free. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You like to watch Rambo, you like to watch all these other things, I don't know what's out today, but Jesus is greater than Rambo. Jesus is greater than any other deliverer. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's a warrior. How many of you know God Jesus is a warrior? Mighty warrior. Hallelujah. Mighty God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All power, Jesus said, is given to me. Hallelujah. In heaven and on earth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So freedom comes to us through Christ Jesus. But in Galatians chapter 5 verse 1, it says it was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, therefore, keep standing firm. And here's, we can't, we can't, you know, we just can't look at the first part of that verse where it says that Jesus declares he set us free. But he also warns us. Freedom comes to us with a warning. Jesus declares, see, he makes a declaration. I have set you free. My word wants the desire to keep you free. But there's a warning attached. When you buy something, isn't there a warning label attached to it? Don't take this if you're doing that. And don't. There's warning labels come with everything. We understand warning labels and what they mean. And if you just ignore that warning label, then you are in peril of, of consequences because you ignore the warning label, right? How many, of you, how many of you look at a warning label, read it, and just ignore it? And just say, this is meaningless. We would be foolish if we did that, wouldn't we? We have to understand the warnings and say, I can't d take this if I'm doing that or this, that, because there's a warning to me. Why is the warning there? To make you feel bad? To make you feel, uh, oh, you better not take this stuff. The warning is there for your good, to try to help you not get into a place where harm can come to you, right? And so Jesus declares in the first part of the verse that he's come to set us free. But a warning comes with that. And the warning is this. And do not be subject or entangled again to the yoke of slavery. You see, Jesus sets us free from the, from the bondage and the captivity, from the tyranny, from the abuse, from the control of Satan. But we are not free from the temptations 
of Satan. They will come to us as long as we live on the face of this earth. Temptations will come. We are free in the sense that we, God, has given us the power to remain free. But if we give way, there's a warning. If you give way to the temptations of this life, to the temptations of the devil, who knows you're no longer his, he knows Jesus has set you free. How many of you know the devil knows you are not his? He wants to drag you back into that prison and lock the door where he can again torment you and steal and kill and destroy. There's a warning label. You've been set free. You are free. Warning. Do not go back to get yourself entangled again. That means we have a choice. How many of you have, know you have a choice? You have a choice when Satan, who will come, has come and will come, as long as this earth remains, until we get to be with the Lord in heaven, then there will be no more sin, no more death, no more temptation. But while we live on the face of this earth, while we are here, how many of you know we will be tempted? How many of you have come to Christ and have never, never been tempted? Anybody? Every one of us in this room has been tempted more than one time. And you will continue to be tempted. Jesus gives a warning. I've set you free. I want you to remain free. Warning. Do not give way, give heed to the temptations and the lusts of the devil or the cares of this life. Because they will bring you back into a place where you will become enslaved. Is that what Jesus wants for you? Absolutely not. Jesus wants us to remain free. So he gives us a warning. Romans chapter 6. Write these verses down. Romans chapter 6. <clears throat> verse uh, 11, 11 and 12. But you can read from 12 to 23. I'm not just going to do that all this morning. It says, likewise you also... Reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin. There's that word again, sin. B, reckon yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. God wants life, a joyful life, a zoe life. How many of you know we preached on zoe life? That means an abundant life, a God quality type of life. God wants our life to be enriched in every way in, the spirit, in our spirit man. 